0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى الصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم تمسكوا بسنتي الخلفاء المهديين تمسكوا بها عليها أو كما daily in every salah and in every rakat of every salah we recite suratul fatiha and without the suratul fatiha our salah will not be complete so suratul fatiha is something that is repeatedly recited every day many many times on the one hand this is a praise of Allah wa ta'ala and it is dua and begging Allah Taala, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin, Al-Rahman al Maliki Yomid The That a person is praising Allah wa Taala, that all praises due to Allah Taala, who is the nurturer of the universe, and He is the most beneficent, the most merciful, and then Maliki Yomid He is the master of the day of judgment. Together with the praising of Allah Taala in every rakat, a person is reminding himself of this hereafter that is to come, the day of judgment when he will have to give an account of his deeds. That it appears sometimes that a person did something and got away with it, he said something and got away. But every rakat of every salah we are being reminded that there is a day of judgment. Person may appear to get away in dunya, but for how long? So all the time we are being reminded, be conscious of Allah Ta'ala. And be conscious of the Day of Judgment when you will have to give an account of your deeds. And every word and every action you will have to account for. So in any case, he reaffirms this belief in the akhirah every time he recites Surah Al-Fatiha, Maliki Yawm Iyaka Wa Iyaka nasta'in And then he submits himself to Allah Ta'ala, that ya Allah since you are the sole creator of the universe and you are worthy of every praise you are the master of the day of judgment so ya Allah we submit ourselves totally to you you alone do we worship we worship nobody and nothing else we don't worship any idols we don't worship any trees and cows we don't worship any human being and we don't worship our own ego as well أَفَرَأَيْتَ Allah Ta'ala says, have you seen that person who made his nafs, his desire his deity, his ego, his deity, he worships it, in the sense that whatever it demands from him, that is what he does. Whether it is something right or wrong, it doesn't matter to him. Whether it is something that is taking him away from Allah Ta'ala, taking him towards Jahannam, whose right he is eating, whatever, it doesn't matter to him. So that he has made his desires his deity. So we are saying Iyyaka Ya Allah, you alone do we worship. We don't worship anything else, we don't worship our di- our desires either, we don't worship our ego. And Iyyaka Ya Allah, you alone do we seek assistance from, in everything. In our deen and in our dunya, we seek assistance from Allah Ta'ala alone. And then comes the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif. Which is this dua and this plea to Allah baraka wa ta'ala which He Himself has given us. That daily in every salah, in every rakat, beg for hidayat. Beg Allah wa ta'ala for divine guidance. sirat al mustaqim. Ya Allah, guide us to the straight path. So this is a dua that we are obliged to make. And without this du'a, our salah will not be fulfilled. That this guidance we require, and we are being taught to ask guidance to the straight path, Siratul Mustaqim. Now Siratul Mustaqim, the straight path, what is the straight path? So the simple way of explaining this, or further elaborating on it, would have been Siratul Quran, the path of the Quran Sharif, and indeed, the state path is the path of the Qur'an Sharif, of Siratul Rasul, the path of the Rasul of Allah Tabarak wa ta'ala, and indeed, this is the path of the Qur'an Sharif, the path of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And that is the state path. But, there's a very, much more longer elaboration of it. Allah Taala says, Siratul An'amta Alayhim Whereas what is referred to is the path of the Qur'an and Sunnah but allah taala says, ask for this hidayah in these words and daily ask for it and ask for it in every Sirat al an'amta alayhim ya allah guide me to the path of those whom you have showered your favor to the path of people the path of those group of people whom you have showered your favor alayhim not those upon whom your wrath has come and neither those who have gone astray. Now this aspect of hidayat, Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala has, from the time of Adam made two basic arrangements for this hidayat. Has provided two basic ways by which this hidayat will be granted. The one is Kitabullah. So from Adam the aspect of Kitabullah came in being that Allah Ta'ala revealed his scripture to Adam Salaam, and then various Anbiya Alim was as they came they were given some divine scripture but together with whenever there was Kitabullah whenever there was a the book of Allah Ta'ala, there was also Rijalullah there was also the men of Allah who initially were the Anbiya Alim that whenever there was a book Allah Ta'ala revealed, it came with a person. It came with a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. And there were times, there were many Amni Alim who came, They were Rijalullah, but there was no new Kitabullah. They followed the Kitab of the previous Nabi. But Rijal continued. The people of Allah Ta'ala were being sent repeatedly. So what is the very important aspect in this is, that Kitabullah will be one will be able to follow it correctly and get to his destination via the teaching of Rijalullah. And anybody who tries to separate these two is headed towards deviation. Whoever tried and did it previously, finished off in deviation, until Qiyamah this will be the position. That a person tries to separate Kitabullah and Rijalullah, and tries to understand the Qur'an Sharif via his own manner and method, then he is headed towards deviation. So right from the beginning this has always been the case that there has been Kitabullah with Rijalullah. But then came Rasulullah sallallahu sallam, the last book of Allah ta'ala was revealed, the Qur'an-e-Kareem and Nabi wa sallam, was the last and final messenger of Allah ta'ala. No Nabi to come after him. So would that mean that this aspect of Rijalullah will finish off? No, it don't finish off. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam set the foundation for the Rijalullah after him. In one hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, which is reported in Bukhari Sharif, he instructs the Ummah at large and primarily those who were there, Iqtadu bil ladaini min baadi, Abi Bakrin wa رضي الله anhu. That you want to follow anybody after me, then you follow Abu Bakr and Umar. Now, these were the first Rijalullah who were given this mantle of being Rijalullah after Rasulullah on the highest pedestal. And then the Khulafa Rashidin in general, the bi Sunnati, wa Sunnati al Khulafa ir al mahdiyin Follow my way, hold on to my way, and hold on firmly to the way of my right rightly guided Khulafa. We are being given this direction that there will be people after Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi, who will be the Rijalullah. So, the highest level of the Rijalullah among the Sahaba, Abu Bakr and Umar. Then, together with them, the rest of the Khulafa. And then, all the Sahaba in general. In one hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi says that the Bani Israel they disintegrated into 72 groups. My Ummah will finish off, Sattastariku Ummati ala thalasi wa sab'ina my Ummah will break up into 73 groups. And النار, every one of these 73 groups will end up in the fire of Jahannam except one. Out of 73 groups, one will go to Jannah, the other 72 will go to Jahannam. Nabi to is saying this. So the Sahaba were very concerned about this, that who is this? One group, how will we know? Which is this one group? وَمَا هِيَا هي Rasulallah man Who is this one group? Nabi ﷺ says The group that will go to Jannah is that group that will be on the path of my path and the path of my Sahaba Ikram. The path of the Sahaba Ikram, the Sahaba in general have been declared is Rijalullah. Somebody tries to remove them from the equation, he is headed to deviation. And this has always happened and will carry on because there is no way that a person can reach the correct understanding of the Qur'an Sharif without the intermediary of the sahaba The words of the Qur'an Sharif were passed on to the Ummat via these personalities. And the meanings of the quran kareem from Rasulullah Sallallahu to the Ummat, this is the vital link in the chain. Take this link out and then it is as they say free for all, to do what they want and distort how they want it and go by whatever they as they wish to do it. To understand this, that take the Sahaba out of the equation and the Qur'an Sharif will end up in a situation of distortion. And this is what the enemies of Islam want. That remove Rijadullah out of the picture then everybody can do as they wish with the Qur'an Sharif. And then anything and everything can be made permissible. In the time when the Quran was still being revealed, and the eyes of the Quran Sharif was revealed, Min al Fajr. Regarding the fasting, that when does the fast now commence, a person may eat and drink in the night, until when? Quran Sharif explains it in the words, that until the white thread becomes apparent from the black thread, until that time you can eat and drink, then you must start the fast. One person, he is in the time of wahi, he took it literally, and he kept two threads alongside him, one white, one black. And now as it's getting a little bit lighter, he's trying to distinguish, can he make out the difference still? The next day he came, he said, I couldn't really make out what's going on. saw and said to him, No, this is not the meaning. He explained to him what the meaning is. This actually refers to the darkness of the night, and true dawn. When true dawn comes in, now the fast has started. But the lesson in this is that even in the time when Wahi was being revealed, the explanation of the Quran Sharif was being given by Rasulullah there were times when even the Sahaba required some further elaboration. And this is among the primary functions and duties of Rasulullah. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, we have revealed this Qur'an Sharif to you, but, so that you will now explain to the people what has been revealed to them. One is the Qur'an Sharif, the other is the explanation of Rasulullah of what is the meaning of the Qur'an Sharif. مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ بَعْثَ فِيهِمْ مِّنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ يَتْلُو عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةِ Allah says that Allah has greatly favored the believers. That he sent among them a messenger from them. And what does this messenger of Allah ta'ala do? He recites the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif. This is primarily referred to Dawud. And by the recitation of the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, he invites them to the Allah ta'ala. Invites them to the greatness of Allah ta'ala. Invites them to the way of Islam. And then when you zakki him, he purifies them from all the ailments of the heart, from kufr, from shirk, from malice, from jealousy, from pride, from arrogance, from miserliness. All these are major ailments and cancers of the spiritual heart. Unfortunately, these are things which are disregarded generally. person is very concerned about the flu he has physically, and fair enough, he will attend to that as well. We are very concerned about the physical flu, but not concerned in the least bit about the spiritual cancers. The physical flu, a person goes to the doctor also. But the spiritual cancer is quite content with That cancer like pride, regarding which, regarding which Rasulullah says, لَا يَدْخُلُ الْجَنَّةِ مَنْ كَانَ فِي قَلْبِهِ حَبَّةٍ مِّنْ مِّنْ That a person who has pride to the extent of a mustard seed, he will not enter jannah. But that we are quite fine with, every person feels I am okay with it. So, in any case. Among the primary functions of Rasulullah ﷺ was يَتْنُوا عَلِيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ kitaba wal Hikmah. And he will teach to them the Qur'an Sharif. Teach them the Qur'an Sharif. The Qur'an Sharif was revealed in the time when the mastery in Arabic was at its highest. So the Arabic was their mother tongue. And they were more eloquent than people in any other time. So what was he teaching them? He was teaching them what is the meaning of the Qur'an Sharif. And therefore, without this explanation of Rasulullah Sallallahu and the first recipients who got this explanation with the Sabah Ikram, they saw the occasions when the ayat were revealed. They saw the circumstances. They understood it in its correct context, and they clarified from Alaihi Sallam anything that they were not sure about, and they passed it on to the ummah, and it came down via the through every era via the scholars, and the ulama of Islam up to this day and age preserved in that pristine purity. Now somebody tries to cut off the Sahaba Ikram, so he'll finish off. One person was traveling in a plane and there happened to be somebody seated next to him. So this person was a Muslim also, apparently everything was made salam. Now when the time came for the food, it was clear that this food is not halal. So this person opened it and he carried on eating, it was some meat. So the Person traveling with him, sitting next to him, asked him, that, How are you just eating this? This is obvious, it's not halal, it's clear. So he replied to him, What do you mean it's not halal? Says in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, Now this is he's gone directly without understanding anything. The Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, Now he knew Arabic, but did he know the Quran Sharif? That's a different matter. Knowing Arabic is one thing, which is the greatest language which is a language which Nabi Islam said, love the Arabs because I'm an Arab. The Quran is in Arabic. And the language of the people of Jannah will be Arabic. So SubhanAllah, this is the greatest of all languages, the languages of the Quran Sharif, the language of Jannah. But that alone doesn't qualify a person to start interpreting the Quran Sharif. So this person knew Arabic, but he's sitting there in that plane now, eating the haram meat, and he's quoting an ayat of the Quran Sharif. Anywhere that an ayat is quoted, doesn't mean that it has been quoted correctly. So any case, he says that, the ayat the Qur'an Sharif says, that eat whatever the name of Allah has been taken upon. Eat whatever the name of Allah has been taken upon. So when I opened this package, I said, Bismillah. Now when I said, Bismillah, upon opening this package, now this qualifies for eating that which the name of Allah was taken upon. So now if we extend his argument. Then even carrion, something that was not even slaughtered in any way, which died, died its own death, and that tool, he said Bismillah, it become fine. That tool be okay because you took the name of Allah on it. Whereas it's obvious what is referred to is that animal that was slaughtered with the name of Allah Eat from that animal. Don't eat when that name, of, when the name of Allah was not taken. But he took it upon himself, so this was the end result. In fact, this is something that without the Sahaba-e-Kiram, we'll never understand anything correctly. Once, in one battle, one person, the enemy were quite prepared, and it was quite a difficult situation. One person among the Muslims, he rushed forward, and he put himself into the thick of the enemy lines, And he began fighting very very ferociously. So somebody else of the Muslims said, Inna lillah. Look at what this person did. And he quoted an ayat of the Qur'an Sharif This was long after Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. As we said, quoting an ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, everybody is doing. But is it the correct manner in which it is being quoted? So he quoted an ayat, تَحْلُكَ Don't throw yourselves into destruction. In other words, what he meant was, that this person running in the thick of the enemy line, he is now doing what this ayat has Refrain us from. The ayat is saying, don't throw yourself into destruction. This is what he's done. Because Abu Ansari, who was standing there, he overheard this. He said, just hold on. Hold on, you don't know what you are saying. She says, this Ayat was revealed about us, about the Ansar. That when Islam gained some strength and when the Muslims were now in the upper hand, so for all that time, the Ansar were at the service of Rasulullah sallallahu to such an extent that they neglected their businesses, their farms, their orchards everything was now in a very very pitiful condition and when Islam gained some strength and things were now on a strong footing so some Ansar, some Ansar thought within themselves that now maybe we can take some leave from the active participation in jihad etc and attend to our farms, attend to our orchards this thought within them that we should now take some leave. We should now just put back the effort of deen little bit back and now attend to our farms. This was the sahaba ikram. kiram They were judged at a different level. On that the Ayat of the Qur'an Sharif came that your decision to put back the effort of deen and to now attend to your livelihoods give that the primary concern. This is throwing yourself into destruction. Now what was the meaning of the ayat, and how somebody misinterpreted it, took the completely opposite meaning. So this is the need for the Sahaba-i-Kiram. After the sahaba kiram will come those after them. That will be the Tabi'een. The great Tabi'ee, Imam Mujahid, the very special student of Sayyidina Abdullah bin Abbas. Imam Bukhari quotes his statement in Bukhari Sharif. And Imam Bukhari is giving us the same lesson by quoting the statement. Where he says, He says, We will follow the people before us, the sahaba Ikram, And the people after us will follow us. Now this is a special student of Abdullah bin Abbas, who was Hibrul Ummah, the scholar of the Ummah. And he, is now saying that we follow the people before us, the people after us will follow us. Because we got it from the Sahaba-i Kiram, we'll pass it on to them. And this is the way it will continue through every era and every generation. But throughout the eras and especially in recent times, even to a more extent, there has been this intensified effort to try and cut off this link. That every person must have his own right to do what he wants. In August '94, there was an article written in a magazine, The Economist. Now, this is something which people of a certain class would normally read. And in this article, in this article titled "Islam and the West," very lengthy article, some 40-50 pages long. And in there this, one aspect was mentioned that there are certain things which need to be re need to be adjusted in the Muslim communities. If we want them to come or to our way, meaning to comply or be compatible with the West, to make Islam compatible, but how will it become compatible? Will the West give up its ideologies to come to Islam? No, no. Islam will give up some of its ideologies, cut many corners and make them compatible. And three key points were mentioned therein. One is interest. This must be legalized in some way or the other. So the person will now just say, Well, I invested something and I got profit. Meanwhile, it's 100% interest. Somehow, interest needs to be legalized. This is the crux of it. The second is the woman must be brought out into the marketplace. Oh, this is being written in the economists. That this is the woman must be given, obviously, the language and terminology was different. That they must be given equal opportunities with men in the economic world. But what this is, the end result of it. And then the third thing. This is the aspect that we are discussing. That there is this so-called monopoly. The monopoly of the scholars over the interpretation of the Qur'an. And this has to be broken. And every person possesses independent judgment. These are the grand words, independent judgment. Now if a person, which person sitting here doesn't possess independent judgment, so he must exercise his independent judgment when it comes to heart surgery also. He must exercise independent judgment when it comes to a case that he is fighting for his life in court. He doesn't need an attorney. Why does he even go to senior counsel? And he doesn't need a heart surgeon. He doesn't need a doctor also. He needs to build his house. Why does he need an engineer and an architect? He's got independent judgment. So this independent judgment is understood in every field of life. But come to the Qur'an Sharif and the Ahadith, then that independent judgment we understand everywhere else that doesn't apply come to the Quran Sharif and the Hadith Sharif come to Deen and every person is qualified to decide what the Quran Sharif what he wants to make of it but what is the end result what is being hoped that will become the end result that Deen will be totally distorted like the person sitting in that aircraft opens a package of haram meat and he says well I read Bismillah so the Permissibility of everything will come in legalisation, and this is what is hoped to be achieved via this distortion. People are writing books. A person will quote 200 verses of the Quran Sharif, not one Hadith Sharif, or one explanation of the Sahaba Ikram, and he's explaining what is all this about. Can a person ever get to the right understanding without the Sahaba Ikram? And taking the ulama out of the picture, there's no, as the words are used, big big words, oligarchy of the scholars. There is no oligarchy. This is a natural system that has existed in everything. That in anything a person does, he goes to those who learned from their teachers. In the unbroken chain up to the top. So if it's some field, some expertise, those who refined it, but it comes to deen, it will go to the personality upon whom Wahid descended. Upon Rasulullah sallallahu The unbroken chain up to the top. And somebody tries to take a different path, break the chain and go elsewhere, turn to self-study, and all these various things, This take out the imams of fiqh out of the equation, those who understood this in its complete depth, then this is the road to deviation. Allah wa ta'ala give us a topic that we stick firmly onto the way of the Qur'an and Sunnah, in the light of the explanation, and the way of the sahaba i and hold on to the way of those, who Allah says, are the rightly guided people, the people, Minan al-nabiyyin, wasis al-akim, was shuhada, salihin. Those, Allah Taala explains this ayah. The time has already elapsed. Allah Taala gives us the taufiq for آخر Alhamdulillah.